Chilling over here, mom throwing back Bud Lights, CJ Money Bass cutting, you know, counting up the bread. And you know, the star of the show, you know, Greg hops on whenever he wanna hop on. We typically start recording around like six o'clock, but um it's just let y'all know it's eight o'clock. So give y'all a little bit of reference. Two hour late time difference with Greg. So but we appreciate it. We love him. <laughs> he does such a great job, but just let y'all know. If y'all ever ask, you know, when we fully blow up, who's the diva on the show, it would have to be Greg. That's definitely the diva on the show. But how y'all doing tonight? Y'all can all go whenever y'all choose to speak. How y'all doing tonight? Oh, God. And I'm good, bro. Two hours late? That's cat. Two, <laughs> two hours late is cat. Man, I ain't even, even shower for this one today. I just came straight from hooping, though. Musty as hell. Nah, for real. This, this you is, doing our listeners a disservice. This is this is critical, bro. Hey, when we go in person, we gonna need you to take a shower, though. No, for sure. When we go in person, to me, when we start to go, we we won't talk about this on the on the show. But we go in person, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be punctuality is gonna be a key. Person, it's gonna be key. Punctuality. punctuality. I gotta be better. I'm about to be better. With yeah, you. bro. When we go in person, we're not gonna be starting until midnight, Greg. True. True. Late night, late night show. You feel me? True. The in person gonna be tough though. Hey, Chris, you you got like the extra. You got the like the the five bedroom basement alone, so it will be good. I'll be careful. Space. Hey, Mister Smooth Operator. I ain't heard from you. How are you tonight? I mean, I I think we could you know guess how you're doing with the Bud Lights, but how are you doing tonight? Oh, we're talking to me. Uh, I'm doing I'm doing good. I'm feeling good. I, I needed something to. There's a lot going on today at work, so I needed a little something to take the edge off. I get it. That's the first sign of uh <laughs> I get no, it. Man. It's hard. It's hard being light skinned and single in this world. So a lot, <laughs> a lot on your shoulders every day. Fresh waves, be having girls getting seasick. I I mm. a lot on your shoulders, man. It's a lot of options you gotta, you know, parlay through. But we're gonna get started. We got to start here. We've joked about it, but it's a serious topic. Deshaun Watson, now it's come to 22 women, have filed lawsuits. Two of them came out today and spoke out on it, saying some really concerning things that they ended up having to have to go to a sex trauma. Um, they had to see, see a trauma therapist. 
They suffer from panic attacks, anxiety, and depression. This was said of Ashley Solis and Lauren Baxley. And now this is expected to go to court. They are not going to settle. What's your takeaways from this Deshaun Watson situation? And it looks very serious. Are we even going to see a Deshaun Watson back in the league? I think we will see him back in the league because I, I we've seen Frank, we've seen this is not to belittle this. We've seen very serious things in NFL with other players, like murder cases, like murder cases go to trial and guys come back and play football. Right. If you're good, you know, they'll have you back open arms. As long as he's not criminally indicted, they'll have you back. The NFL doesn't have any moral compass. Let's not let's not act like that's what we're dealing with right now. Um, but I think I think for me, when it said in for me that this this is all this was all like this when this all got real for me was when the lawyer's defense was to come out and name. I think it was 22 or 20 or 18. It was like between 18 and 20 other massage therapists he'd seen that gave that gave testimonies about him not being a tr being troublesome. And the reason why that raised a red flag for me is because at, if that's your defense, why is Deshaun Watson seeing 50 massage therapists in the course of four years? Bro, makes no sense. Makes no sense. It's a horrible defense. And if that's your only defense, then hey man, I I. I just being honestly, honestly, I didn't want this to be. I didn't want this to be true. I don't think anybody wanted it to be true. Um, I, Deshaun Watson has a very likable persona, but it goes to goes back to something we said on the show before. You don't know these guys. You don't know these guys. You don't know them personally. It kind of feels like you do because you root for them and you have a, an emotional attachment to all these athletes. But at the end, at the end of the day, we don't know them. We don't know what they do with their personal time. And um, when that's the defense, that's the best thing your lawyer can come up with. That is a red flag and a major indictment. So I. I Look, this isn't this doesn't look good. The Deshaun Watson trade is the last thing he's got to worry about. It's the last thing anyone's worried about. Although I heard there are still teams calling Texans. Like I, I was watching um, Chris Sims show on NBC on NBC and he, Pro Football Talk, and they said that teams are still calling the Texans about him. It's, so you see what I'm saying? Like even with everything that's going on around him, the NFL has no moral moral compass. They're not worried about none of this. They think it'll pass. Um, I know the timing was suspicious of when all these allegations came out. Um, but at the end of the day, there looks to, there seems to be some validity to it. So uh, everyone's got to take it seriously. And I don't think anyone can have like a surefire stance on this. Now you got to be in the middle. Now, now you just kind of got, you got to wait. No, don't say nothing. You know, because Deshaun has sure as, Deshaun sure as hell has not proven his innocence and neither is his lawyer. So that's what yeah, in this situation, we think, I think we just got to let it play out and see what comes of it. Um, the evidence so far, what people are saying and the text and the emails yeah. and the written letters is not looking good for Deshaun. Um, but to Greg's point, the Cowboys signed Greg Hardy, who literally <laughs> threw his girlfriend at the time on a bed of guns and told her to choose which gun she wanted to die with. And he got a contract because months he after. Because he could play. Because Months play. after that contract. Mm -hmm. So that's the NFL for you. And specifically, Cowboys love signing former inmates and everybody. If you got a criminal record, the Cowboys will sign. Mm -hmm. But Miles, Chris, your takeaways on it? I mean, at first it was a little skeptical, like the timing. But now the more people that come out and after today with the couple women coming out and speaking to the media, now it's starting to become a little more real because it's like, all right. At first we thought it was because he wanted out of Houston and now 
and trying to find ways to, you know, keep the brother down. But now it just seems like maybe this guy has a, a side to him that we don't get to see. We get to see the guy who's in Houston, in the community, doing great things over there. But there's a guy behind those doors, a guy who outside of his nine to five, who knows what he does. So it's like, it kind of question, you question more than just him. You know, there's plenty of people out there who are a little troubled. Like you don't see it on the surface, but behind closed doors, they, they definitely have, I don't want to say demons, but they got their own issues that they're dealing with. So I don't know if this is something that has been going on just since he's been in the league, maybe even longer than that too. So the more, the deeper they dive into this and and dig deeper, it's, it seems like more things are going to come to the light. Like you might see something from college, like even high school, who knows how long he's been going to massage therapists. Cause I mean, he's been a top prospect for years. So it's like, these guys are going to treat their body how they want to, and they want to stay fresh. So clearly he wasn't motivated to just do this without, I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) This whole thing is just confusing because it's like, I, I even thought like Deshaun was a good dude. I still think he's probably a good dude on the surface, but if this many women are coming out, kind of like the Bill Cosby thing, if this many women come out against you, then they can't all be lying. They all, they're all not in a group text thinking like, Oh, maybe we should, you know, blackmail Deshaun Watson and, and tarnish his name. It's like, I don't think they're all from the same place. So there's definitely some validity to it. Yeah, with that many people, it's hard to say if it was one or two, maybe they're lying, maybe they blackmail. But at this point of 22 women, like, I, hey, we got to watch and see how this play out. But it does not look good right now for Deshaun. Chris, you got anything that you wanted to add on to the conversation on it? Yeah, I mean, I think both both Greg and, and Miles hit on you know, a good point. I mean, when when doing the research on on Deshaun Watson, it, it's hard to like like Greg said, we don't know him personally. We don't know what he does in his free time. We don't we don't know where he'd be at. And the the fact that like this man had it, like the eighteen women that that came not to his defense, but the eighteen women that said like, hey, you know, we've given Deshaun Watson massages over the years, um, and he has never made us feel uncomfortable, right? You know, that's, that's, if that's your defense, obviously that's poor, but those 18 women have collectively massaged Deshaun Watson more than 130 times. The question that comes to, to mind is why are there so many different women giving you all these different massages, right? Because if, if you're an athlete and you're saying, hey, I want to take care of my body, typically you get a massage therapist. You get one person, maybe two, but this is just 18 women that have came to his defense. But what about the other women that he's gotten massages from? Like, you've got to wonder why the hell do you have so many different people giving you massages? Isn't, isn't there one person that you trust that to give you that massage? Is it, you know, the flexibility of, Hey, when I'm in this state, you know, I go to this person, when I'm in this state, I go to that person. If, if that's the case, that, that may be different, but um, it, it does raise some red flags, some, some question marks. Um, 
but I think I think the main thing is is that we all have to to realize and, and reflect on is like, hey, as good of a player as he is, and as you know, fun he is to watch. Like, hard to discredit these these women's claims um, just based on us enjoying watching him. Because again, I, I I'm in the same boat as Miles. They can't all be lying. That's a lot of women to that don't know each other that just be coming out saying this this random stuff and it's and it's all the same. Um, you know, there's there's too many similarities here in their stories to say, yeah, they're they're lying. Deshaun's probably getting blackmailed because I, I don't think that's the case and it's unfortunate. And um, you know, we just gotta hope that, you know, the facts are all laid out there and, and let the investigation carry on. Yeah, prayers out to the situation, to Deshaun Watson, to the woman that's involved. Um, hope justice is served. Transition to a lighter note. Uh, one of Miles' closest friends, Sam Darnold, has been traded to the Carolina Panthers. Um, what's your? Who's the one of this trade? Uh, what's your takes on this? And my biggest like question on this: when it comes to Sam Darnold. Is this actually a better situation for him? You got Chris McCaffrey there, Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore, just to name a few. Is this a better situation for Darnold to actually flourish? Yeah, I don't I don't know if you noticed this, but Miles turned the camera on his jet sweatshirt. The, so Jets, the Jets lost the trade. I don't even know what they're doing that. Yeah. The Jets, the Jets lost that trade. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think I think the Jets went ahead and lost that trade, but Hey, if they think Zach Wilson's their guy, which is where, you know, all uh, insights going right now is that they're going to draft Zach Wilson, then that's the decision that they have to make and live with. I just pray they do right by Zach Wilson more than they did Sam Darnold because the good thing with Sam Darnold is he's getting a fresh start, an open book, turn the page on page one and, and start, start his career over. And this this kid, he's young. He has a lot of – I think he's 23 years old. He has a lot of football left in his career. But people are are – you know, automatically assuming the job is his. They just signed Teddy Bridgewater last year to a three-year, $63 million deal. And uh, I believe their, their coach said, uh, not their coach, their general manager had said that, hey, he's going to have to earn this job. They view Teddy Bridgewater and Sam Darnold as starting quarterback. So he's going to have to come to camp, you know, ready to play, which I'm sure he will. Um, like we talked about, he's a good quarterback. He can play in this league. He's a starting quarterback. He just needs to be in the right system with a team that, uh, or an organization that believes in him and that's going to give him pieces to succeed. And they have the pieces there. You already mentioned they have DJ Moore. They have Robbie Anderson, Christian McCaffrey. Those are those are uh, three big weapons right there that some teams don't have. Some teams maybe have one weapon on their offense um, and a mediocre, you know, cast players and whatnot. So The Jets had that. The Jets didn't have no weapons for him. Exactly. <laughs> so that situation. Right, exactly. So – He's probably thrilled that he's he's going to that type of environment, a, a team that was in the playoffs uh, in, in the Super Bowl a few years ago. Um, so if, if he comes to camp ready to play and, and he wins that starting job, I, I have no doubt that they're going to win games this year. Will they be a playoff team? Maybe not. He has to learn their system and whatnot. But uh, I do think it's interesting how uh, this kind of all ties back to Deshaun Watson a little bit too because a few months ago, I think back in January, the Panthers – try to make that trade when, when Deshaun Watson had mentioned, Hey, I want, I want out of Houston. They picked up the phone. They called the Houston organization. They offered him uh, a pick or whatever. And I guess they're uh, what's his name? McCaffrey. The new coach over there or, or new general manager over there. What 
the article I read said he seemed annoyed by uh, a team reaching out so soon after Deshaun had had made the claim that he wanted to leave, right? So it's not like uh, I think this what's going on with Deshaun Watson right now is the point I'm getting to. Um, the Panthers are kind of sending the message like, hey, no matter how good he is, and I get other teams are still calling him, you know, we, we want no part in that. You know, we'll go ahead and, and play the safe route and still draft a good quarterback that we feel we can win with. Um, you know, we don't need Deshaun Watson and, and to be messed up in all that drama that's going on right now. One thing I want to ask as a, a follow-up, anybody can answer this. It came out today, maybe a couple hours ago. Panthers had granted Teddy Bridgewater the access to find a trade. Do you think for Teddy Bridgewater, it would be his best interest to try to go elsewhere? Or is this his best opportunity to actually start? No, he should go somewhere else. Yeah, he needs to go somewhere else. He's somewhere, he goes somewhere else. He can and his and his teams are sorry quarterbacks. He can go beat Andy Dalton tomorrow for a job in Chicago. The Bears can give him a second round pick, give him some give him some assets, and they'll they'll get themselves starting quarterback. And they'll be in better shape for getting Teddy Bridgewater. So him going to the Bears makes a lot of sense playing with Al Robinson. That's the more that's the matchup right there. That's it. I, I don't I don't want to go any further than that. That that's the situation. That's the place he needs to he needs to steer himself to. Get to Chicago, you'll be straight. Um but as far as who won the trade, whenever you get a young, talented quarterback who's 23 years old, uh, at that age, right? I've been on the, I've been saying, I've been very consistent in saying that the, the Jets should have rocked out with Sam Donald. I've been saying that from the beginning. I said, hey, trade that second pick, you know, get a boatload back, and actually invest in this guy, give him a chance, right? Um, and, and they have, they didn't do that. They they didn't do that, and they they gave you the PR spin saying that they they think he's good, and you know if they didn't have the second overall pick, they would do it. They have Zach, they have Zach Wilson rated higher, so we'll see how they treat Zach Wilson out here and they give him. A, they, I I bet Joe Douglas gives him a shot to succeed. You're already seeing him later pieces. The Ray Davis signing was for him, so um we'll see we'll see. But I think Sam Donald's gonna go out there and play real well uh, with a way better offensive. It's the coaching. It's it's. Having um, the guy from LSU, Joe Brady, having him being your offensive coordinator, being with Matt Rule, who's an actual football coach, as opposed to Adam Gates, right? Like, hey, anybody who's coached by Adam Gates deserves the benefit of the doubt. Adam Gates is horrible. That's just the bottom line of it. So he'll do he'll do big things. But anytime you get a young talented quarterback, you win. I thought I thought the Jets got a little low ball for that for that deal. To be honest, Sam Donald's not bad. I I mean, it wasn't a bad deal. It just was okay. It was like I, I didn't get a first. They only got a, a sixth round this year and then a second round next year. Second and a third next year or something like yeah. that. Yeah, and it's not bad. It's not bad. It's just y'all could have got a first, bro. Y'all could have got a first. Who's giving up a first for Sam Darnold? Not now, but let him rock. What? What's the rush in trading him? I mean, is Zach – yo, Zach Wilson better be tough. You know what? Here's the, That's the flip side of this. Zach Wilson better be it. He would be all that. Because if he's not, Joe Douglas is out of there. He's out of there. He better be that guy. You're, be- you're baking your career on Zach Wilson now by trading one guy out of town who's highly regarded around the league. People like Sam Darnold. People like Sam Darnold. We talk trash about these quarterbacks. These guys in the league are paid to evaluate them. They like this guy, right? They think he's good. So, hey, man, if you're going to do that, fine. But he's playing poker right now. He's playing He's playing, he's playing high-stakes Russian roulette. You better, you better make sure that Zach Wilson's that guy. Because if he's not, we'll see you later. We'll see you later. Yeah, alluding allu- to that, so – Obviously, Zach Wilson, this is going to be his job, right? What does that do for his timetable on success? Mm. Like, oh, push the pressure on him. Push yeah. up. Put the pressure on him from the drum. And I'm sure he's probably feeling that pressure now, too. Mm. No, that trick. Like, one, this this solidifies that they're going to take him, right? They, they He's already had multiple Zoom interviews with them. You know, he probably knows that he's their guy. 
And I'm sure he's probably feeling that pressure too. Like, damn, I got to be NFL ready right now. There's, there's no timetable. I mean, what they should have done was let him sit behind Sam Darnold for a year, let Sam play this year and, and figure out, like Greg said, there's, there's no rush in trading Sam Darnold. He's probably more ready now than Zach Wilson's going to be, you know, opening day. So Zach Wilson's definitely feeling that pressure right now. Miles, what do you think? Yeah, I want to hear from J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Yeah, I want to hear this. I mean, of course, the trade on the surface doesn't look that good, seeing as how we, one, traded three first – no, three second-round picks to get up to three to draft Sam, and now we're trading them three years later for a two, a fourth, and a sixth. I mean, that just shows how far this thing's gone – like it's been a bad ride for Sam in New York. And I mean, the, the sad fact is this is what it took to get him out. It's like, you have to take, I don't want to say a shitty offer. I'm <laughs> a bad offer, but um, <laughs> that's kind of what happened here. I mean, it, I don't, I don't think there were too many teams willing to offer a first round pick for a guy who won is going into the fourth year he's coming up on a contract extension. So it's like either he's going to be the guy for you or he's not like the Panthers are taking a chance. And I mean, it's a good chance. They didn't really give up any top picks. They didn't have to give up a first round pick. They gave up a two next year, but you're getting Sam for the next two years because they're going to pick up that option. So yeah, now you get him in your building, you get to see what he can do with good coaching. I'm rooting for Sam. I, I wish it didn't have to be this way, but it's just kind of how the business of the NFL is. If you don't produce and you haven't earned that contract ex- extension, then I don't know. You got to kind of get rid of that guy. Nerve, and, I want to see your facial expressions. The nerve, the nerve of Miles got a lot of nerve, yo, to say if you don't wow. produce. Whose fault that he didn't produce? Who's it's not his fault. It's not his fault. Oh, but, wow. How do you feel confident paying a guy $30 million a year? You don't have to pay him. <laughs> you you have the fifth-year option to play with. You'll let him rock for two more years and build something sustainable around the guy and give him a chance to play football. He had talent yeah. coming out of USC. If you had a chance to pick your guy this year, but you still have Sam on your team, you, you're going to let this play out? You're going to wait two years? And then the you just- find out that maybe it did Maybe we should have taken that chance. They could have. They the Jets could have literally picked up um, Zach Wilson and let and let him sit and let Sam Rock build up his confidence and then get him out of there for a first. It well, so yeah, it would increase. It would increase his draft. Uh, not his draft. His value. Yeah. yeah, But if, if he's, he's playing well this year, you could have got a first next year. Yeah. Then what? If he's playing extremely well here, then what? You you have Zach Wilson. You're then you're in a wonderful pick. situation. You have you ever? It's a, How it's is a, that wonderful? It's wonderful. Are you kidding me? You get your pick in the litter. Guess what? Zach hasn't played it down yet. How about we go to? How about so? If let's 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 play this out real quick. Sam goes out there. He throws thirty touchdowns this year. He throws five interceptions. He balls out. He's a Pro Bowler. Cool. Jets make the playoffs, right? Jets win the Super Bowl. Whatever. Let's just Hell, have fun with this. Let's just say something's never gonna happen. Let's just say something. All right, but whatever. So the Jets win the Super Bowl. All right, cool. Yo, you have Zach Wilson on the bench. You go into next offseason. The training camp OTAs opens up. You let them compete. Lose with the job. Gets traded. Zach Wilson hasn't played it down. You st- he's still going to have crazy value because yeah, he's not he going to get traded for that first-round pick. 
Who's that? You're not going to get a pick for him if he loses the job to Sam Darnold after three no, years. Not necessarily. Mediocrity. Not necessarily. Not necessarily. Miles, Miles, Miles is probably right on this one. Not necessarily. Not go for a first. Not necessarily because if you let if you let Zach Wilson play these preseason games, you'll be surprised. You know, the hype builds up quick. You let him play some preseason games, he balls out. You'd be surprised. You go for a first where you go, you'll get a first from a desperate team. The Bears are desperate, man. They, look at they have Dalton starting. You can't tell me you can't get a first round pick from the Bears, bro. I'm surprised they didn't get the Bears didn't didn't go after Sam Darnold. How stupid are they? Like, yo, there are teams out there that need quarterbacks real bad. There are bad quarterback situations in the league. It could have happened. It could have happened. Miles, is Zach Wilson, you think? So, like we already mentioned, the timetable for him to succeed has been moved up. Do you think he's going to be able to be successful in the first year, two years? Because the timeline moved up essentially. You trade away Sam Darnold, he has to come in at the number two pick, and he got to perform. Is he ready? You can say that about any first round quarterback taken. Like there's pressure on them to be successful right away. Like there's there's pressure on Trevor. There's pressure on Justin. There's there's pressure on all these guys who are going to go top five, top ten. Like, it's not just Zach. Just because the Jets struggled with Sam, now it adds a little bit more pressure. But, I mean, Jaguars have been bad. Like, they they made it to the AFC Championship and might have made it to the, the Super Bowl if not for some lucky Patriots BS that year. But they made it with Blake Bortles. Like, they didn't need a quarterback, but now, now you're seeing this is a quarterback-driven league, and there's a little more pressure on all these quarterbacks. So, I don't know. I'm, I'm guessing Zach, he, he's not going to get the same leeway as Sam, especially coming in. Sam had a rough go at it, and I feel bad for the kid, but I, I think he's going to come in here and he's going to do his thing because this time around, he's set up for success way better than – Sam was ever set up for success. Like they're building around him the way that they should have built around Sam, which was the big mistake that old GM made. He he was he was paying for flashy pieces. He paid Le'Veon way too much. He paid CJ Mosley way too much. And it was like, you want to go after these splashy pickups, but when you see Joe Douglas, he's giving out short-term deals to guys with potential. Like you don't want to just pay for production that they had before they got to your team. You want to pay for what they could do for your team now. So I like the moves that the Jets have made so far, which is is going to take a little more pressure off of Zach, I think. I mean, if you're drafting that high and you're taking a quarterback, you're not going to have him sit behind somebody that you're trying to build their stock up to trade them. Like Sam had to be traded this year. It wasn't going to – it was either him or they trade down. Like, if you keep Sam, you have to trade down. If you don't keep Sam, you stay where you're at. So that's that's the state of the Jets right now. And I'm not I'm not upset where we're at. It sucks that we're in this position again, because I thought three years ago, Sam would be here for maybe 10, 15 years. But here we are. You can't you can't blame the structure of an organization like the Jets have been poorly run for some time. But now they have a GM who. Someone knows what he's doing, so let's see what happens. Yeah, let's see what happens. Um, all I'm going to say on it, like Zach Wilson, especially in the New York market, he's going to have to perform in these first two or three years. 
top five picks. We're going to predict them. Chris started off. Who do you think is going? Jags, Jets, 49ers, Falcons, Bengals. Jags going uh, Trevor Lawrence. I think they made that clear. Uh, everyone's made that clear for a while that he's going number one. You know, they, they haven't opposed to it. Um, number two, Zach Wilson. That became clear over the past week um, that, that they want to take him. Number three, you said San Fran, right? Yeah. I, I think the 49ers going to Mac Jones Pro Day over Justin Fields um, kind of shows how high they're feeling about Mac Jones. Um, I know we talked about it. We, we have mixed feelings. It, it, it's funny, Greg put that picture in the, in the group chat today uh, with uh, the body comparisons, right? And um, we talked about on the show the, the other day about how we hear Justin Fields, you know, work ethic isn't where it needs to be. And then uh, you see the picture of their body comparison and you're like, whose work ethic isn't where it needs to be, right? So, um, hey, Mac Jones can play, Justin Fields can play, you know, but from an agility standpoint and an all-around standpoint, the RPO, which is what Kyle Shanahan said he wanted, you know, why would you be looking at Mac Jones over over Justin Fields? But regardless, I think they're going to take uh, Mac Jones. So I'll say Mac Jones to, to San Fran at number three, which is crazy that it draft stock is that high um but that's a conversation for for another day um number four who, who's that number Falcons. Four? the falcons wow do they go do we see do we really see four quarterbacks go the first four picks of the draft i don't think so mm, i could see them i could see them adding another piece to, to their wide receiver core i could really see um they, they got Julio Jones, who's getting up there in age, had an okay season last year. They got Calvin Ridley, who's a great talent. I could see them uh, trying to maybe get a, a Devontae Smith or uh, a Jamar Chase um, just to make a splash, right, and be able to go into shootouts with teams on Sundays. Um, I'll say Jamar Chase at – I'm confident saying Jamar Chase at four. And I, I think the Bengals uh, go ahead and, and take Penny Sewell and – uh, protect Joe Burrow and, and don't take any chances. Yeah. Except for the pro day he had last week. Miles, Greg, before y'all go, I guess y'all could really tell me from three to five because is it safe to say we all agree Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, top two picks? Yeah. All right, Greg, three to five. Oh, three we got. Yeah. So Adam Shepard came out today and really doubled down the Mac Jones thing. He, he, he really solidified it. So I, I, I'm, you know, I know I'm the hot take guy on the show. What I can said? tell you, he said that he's heard pretty, pretty clearly from the camp around then around the 49ers that they're gonna take Mac Jones. Like they're pretty confident. People around the league are pretty confident. Mac Jones is gonna go number three, which okay. is is a whole different ramp for a different day. I'm trying to contain myself here, so we're not gonna talk about that. Um, that's fine. Mac Jones, we'll say Mac Jones. We'll say Mac Jones now for three. Um. If they don't take Mac Jones, it'll be the biggest, the greatest smoke screen in draft history. Let's just—I'll say that too. Uh, but we'll say we'll say Mac Jones. I I, I still kind of don't believe it. I feel wrong saying it, but fine. Mac Jones, go over it. Um, they go to the Falcons. The Falcons are trying to trade out of this pick. That's that's the rumor that they're interested in trading out today. But for these purposes, um, I, Chris, you have a good. I I I don't disagree. They could go weapon. Um, I don't know if it's Jamar Chase. They go with weapon. I think it'd be Kyle Pitts. I think Kyle Pitts is gonna be the first weapon off the board. He's the best tight end prospect we've ever seen, for real. 
it, it's incredible. Um, it's a shame that he won't be wearing big blue, but I think that he could be a, a Falcon. Uh, I can see that being the case, and I can see that going that way. Um, and then you get to five. Um, who we got a five again? Bengals. The bank. <laughs> Yo, so the Bengals will do, some, do something stupid, but this you should be used to this. So I don't think they're gonna go with Penny Sewell. Penny Sewell's been falling down the belt with the boards. Now I don't know if that's gonna stay the same. I I hope they take an offensive tackle, or, and I could be sensible and tell you that. I don't think that's gonna happen. I think they're gonna take Jamar Chase. They're gonna take Jamar Chase because they had a breakout season with with uh, Joey, or Joe Burrow, and um, it's his, it's his it was a safety blanket all year at LSU. Um, so while he'll be running for his life and won't be able to give him the ball, you have a lot of weapons out there that he won't be able to get the ball to. But hey, like you know, like we'll see, we'll see. But Penny Sewell would be the smart choice. I think it'll be uh, Jamar Chase at five if we're gonna if we're gonna go that far. But yeah. Yo, be, before before you go, Miles. Um, I've been hearing that a lot, listening to a bunch of Bengals podcasts and whatnot. The Bengals are still high on, on Penny Sewell just because they know he could he could be that piece for them to keep Joe Burrow safe. But at the same time, it's hard to make that decision when you got such a high pick and you can literally grab another weapon for Joe Burrow too. Because their argument is, hey, we already have some decent decent linemen that we picked up, people that we re-signed and whatnot. We can go out there and try to get another average lineman to you know offset and protect Joe Burrow. But do you want an average lineman or do you want a great lineman that you know is drawing comparisons? Who they say he's drawing comparisons to? Uh, Kelsey. Um, Kelsey's brother. Oh, uh, Jason. Jason Kelsey. And then there was, there was another one. Um, it doesn't matter. But at the same time, that, that that's the hesitancy. You have well, a like Jamar Chase, who Joe Burrow is comfortable with, has played with. Uh, I'll be honest. I'm not going to be mad either way because I know they'll figure that line out at some point. They got to. It's been too long. They, they have to figure it out at some point. Hold on. Hold on. Yeah. Uh, before you, before Miles goes, we're going to, because I know we're up against it. Yo, um, as a Giants fan, if they pick Jamar Chase, they're stupid. They're stupid. They're, a good off, a great offensive tackle is more viable than any wide receiver you can get. I'm sorry. The Giants still have to stabilize their line. Like, we still have to do that. Yeah. So just, just you look at what's been going on in New York for a long time. I'm just saying you take Penny Sewell. You take Penny Sewell, you don't think twice. You take with Sean Slater. If you think you've been great at hire, you don't think twice. But yeah, that's that's my two cents on that. Wow, yeah, you heard me. I said they got they got Penny and Sewell at five, so that's what I'm hoping for. But yeah. three to five miles, you going with Mac Jones to San Fran? I mean, that's what it's looking like. But for, I guess I guess in this this scenario, I'll go no, Mac give Jones. Him give him Trey Lance, bro. Yeah, right. <laughs> that would be. Hey, that that's a sensible pick. It makes sense. We still have Jimmy G, so you know what? Forget Mac Jones. I'm he's dropping out of my top five. I'm I'm taking Trey Lance. That's mm. the 49ers pick. A guy you can mold in that RPO system. He doesn't have to play right away, which I mean, he only played one game last year and only has 13 starts in his college career, so he's a little raw. But he gets to sit behind Jimmy G, and I. I know 49ers fans don't want to hear that. They're tired of Jimmy G, but I mean, one more year can't hurt if you get your guy in the draft. So I think if they take Trey Lance, then that's a good pick. That's a good pick. Uh, at four, I think that with this new coach, I don't know how much longer Matt Ryan and some of these older birds are going to be there, but I think they take the hometown kid. I, I think they take Justin Fields. 
comes in, sits behind Matt Ryan for a year and learns the system and watches what it, what it takes to be a, a MVP type of quarterback. Cause he did win an MVP not too long ago. So that's a good person to learn from. And then at five, yeah, I, I like Jamar Chase for the, the Bengals, just because I think that there's linemen in the second round that are starter quality. Yeah. So it's like, why not take one of the best receivers in the draft? Even if you could take Kyle Pitts too, if you really wanted to, you could take Kyle Pitts. You just need to get one of those weapons for Joe Burrow because he needs him down there. But there's definitely some some top linemen still available in the second round, like Landon, the the guy from Alabama. Who else? There's a couple guys. So I don't think that they need to jump right on the Pene Sewell train. It's a it's a good train to be on. Like I'll tell you from Makai Becton, having that huge tackle, it goes a long way. But they need to air it out on this team. So get Jamar Chase, have him and T. Higgins one and two and and attack these defenses. So promoted to three? What? Tyler Boyd just gets promoted to three after being yeah. the Tyler Boyd's amazing. Tyler Boyd's amazing. He's over really over a thousand. I don't think that flies, bro. Really I, I, and I think this is the case. I don't <laughs> – yeah, you're so disrespectful, first of all. <laughs> you are so disrespectful. <laughs> he said he said, have T. Higgins at the one and Jamar Chase at the two. So, like, Tyler Boyd's thousand-yard seasons the past two years don't get nothing? Come on. Like, that's crazy. Y'all, y'all were playing from behind a lot. It was a lot of stat padding on that, that squad. Ah, get out of here. I think, but I don't. I, I think if they do get Jamar Chase, I don't think you see a, a true number one wide receiver. I mean, well, the number one will probably be T. Higgins, but I don't think you, you'll see, you know, a, a true second wide receiver. I don't think you can say it's Jamar Chase or, or Tyler Boyd. I think it'll probably be Boyd the first year. I know. I hope Eagles don't come into play with that too. Jamar, I think Jamar better than than T. Higgins. Like, yeah, as soon as he's touched down, as soon as he touched down in Cincinnati, he's, he, he's that dude. Yeah, he's that dude, and, and he's Joey's boy already. Right, right. They already got that chemistry. It'll it'll be interesting for sure. Let oh. me ask you this question, right? When it comes to the draft for the NFL, specifically the NFL, NBA, we could talk another day. NFL, like we mentioned, Bengals. We having this conversation with the Bengals. They need an offensive lineman, but the more talented per se person you talking about is Jamar Chase as an NFL team. What do you do when it comes to the draft? Do you take the best player on the board or do you draft by need? It all depends, though. Yeah, it depends. It depends on how you how your free agency goes. Your free agency, you fill holes that you need to fill. And you dra- and then the draft is the best player available because you don't want to count on rookies anyways. Your rookie, you if you're counting on too many rookies and you're not in a good position. So you, you fill your holes in free agency, like a team I love dearly did this year. And then you take the it allows you to take the best player. And on the board, so that's 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 what you do. So then you you get the freedom. You can do whatever you want, and you're not upset with the pick either way. But you're not you're not you don't want to put yourself in a position where you're relying on a rookie, right? It's not that's never the goal. You never want to be there because um, they're gonna make mistakes. That's just that's just a part of it. So um, I think that's the best that's the best philosophy you can have. But it, it really depends on every team. It, it just varies. Yeah, it, I think we saw that today or uh, whenever the trade happened with uh, Carolina. And that, that's what their their GM came out and said, hey, you know, we wanted to get our quarterback situation squared away. Um, that way at pick number eight, we can take the best available player. Uh, 
So, I, I mean, I think that philosophy speaks for itself. Hey, free agency, do what you got to do, make them trades, get your team right. That way, if you have an early pick like the Panthers do, you know what I mean? You can take the best weapon, the, the best available player to make your team better. That's true. Yeah. Transition, flag on the play side. First one, we're going to go with Tyreek Hill. Left a $0 tip on a $65 <laughs> bill. Accept or decline. That's not surprising, bro. That's so not surprising. That is some that that I just he looked the type he looked the kind of guy who go to a restaurant and wouldn't tip anybody. I just, I don't know why, it, but no, not surprising. Damn, that damn Tyreek Hill. Any punch a kid in his chest? Anybody who punch a kid in his chest, you shouldn't. Nah, any kid that punch anybody, yo, you see, that's that's something a guy who punches kids in his ch- in their chest would do. Nah, I, th- I think he broke his kid's wrist. I think that's what it was. And you ain't punch him in his chest. Uh, he may have done both, but I know he broke his kid's wrist. <laughs> he asked something that a guy who breaks his kid's wrist would do, man. Tyreek, Tyreek, see, we don't know these guys, bro. A $0 tip? On a $65 check, that's disrespectful. His defense, on his defense, he said that he leaves it up to his girl to handle that. And obviously, she didn't think it was good enough service. So he put it on his girl, but then he also tweeted that the service wasn't good. So I think it's a scapegoat trying to put his girl as Yo, a reason. He's trash. He's trash, bro. And you I don't put know it if on he has his girl. With money anyway. I don't know if y'all already heard the quote. You know, they asked the chief was like, "We want to restructure your contract." Uh-huh. And he said, "I don't want to. I don't mess with the money. I leave that to my agent and to my family." Uh-huh. I that that right there alone also just sounds like the. That don't sound smart. That sounds like somebody will hear, not saying this is the case, but that sounds like something we'll hear 10 years from now that Tariq Hill is broke because his agent was investing money in casinos somewhere. Right. Who knows, man? Zero dollars. I ain't rocking with it. Did, did that man write, did he pay with his card and then write the zero in the part where he's supposed to put a tip? That's more disrespectful to me. He did that, no. bro? Again, he said he didn't do it. His girl wrote <laughs> Crazy, bro. Not the- <laughs> Yo, he's crazy. He put the zero. He put a zero there, bro. Yup. Looking at, I'm looking at the picture right now. It is a zero. Is his signature? <laughs> no, they they didn't put a signature up there. The picture just shows the bill was sixty five dollars three cents, and the tip part is a zero with a a line crossed through it. Now, as the, uh, regardless if your girl pays, like as this, I don't care if the service was bad, bro. You getting paid millions of dollars, and I'm sure you scraped the plate, ate three quarters of that thing at the least. You know what I'm saying? You, you don't go out to eat and not and not eat your plate, whether the service is bad or not. He probably still scoffed down all that food. Like the least you could do is put, you know, a seven dollar tip. The least, bro, your pockets ain't hurting. You put seven dollars, and I know you could probably do the math on that. Yeah. Maybe, yeah exactly. <laughs> Maybe that's why you leave it to his girl. You don't want, you don't like addition. This story is so bad that if you put a seven dollar tip down, it still be, it still be a horrible story either way. All right, well, hey man, All right. let's get out of this man's pockets. He's a clown. He's a clown. Donkey of the day. We got to figure something out, bro. With that, donkey of the day. We got to figure out a segment. Yeah. Next one, Brandon Marshall. Um, we all saw this. Came out and said in one of his episodes that not everybody. NBA roster has a guaranteed contract, accept or decline. Matter of fact, I'll give you the full quote. There's four guys on an NBA team that got guaranteed contracts, and everybody else can be cut today and don't got nothing. Look it up. 
I'd only accept it because of how passionate he was and thinking that he was right. Like he was about to blow a blood vessel in his his brain in his forehead because he's arguing something that he's clearly wrong. And everybody on the podcast knew he was wrong, but he was still fighting. He that's like Greg and defense attorney stages early on. It's definitely not the same. I don't be oh I don't be just that I don't be just that far left wrong, bro. He was just wrong. Like he didn't know what he was talking about. If I'm gonna get passionate about something, I know what I'm talking about. Regardless of what anybody will say, that much is that much I can say. Like I don't know what I'm talking about. But yo, that show is great. That show is great. Like I, I love that. I love their show. Um and honestly it, look it don't even matter that he was wrong. If we look at it from a podcast from a business perspective, business is booming right now. He's getting retweets, people talking about it. But yo, let me just say this too. Brendan Marshall is wrong about a lot of stuff, way too much. <laughs> he just, he just, he's, he really like, he really is wrong way too much. But I love their show. So I ain't got nothing bad to say about him. That was funny. Ford, hey, yo, where'd where you even get that from? I don't, I don't know. Uh, I'm not sure. Breaking news though, before we go to the next one, I know Chris was asking about it uh, before the show started while we were waiting for Greg to hop on from his personal flight and whatnot. Isaiah Thomas right now. Eight points, three for five, two for two from three points. So, and it looks like he's playing well. Zion played tonight. Um, and Lonzo played tonight. B.I. still isn't back yet. So just give a little update on IT. Um, next one, which we all saw, which was absolutely hilarious. Paul, Por- Paul Pierce was let go from ESPN after his IG live of uh, stripper and poker, except third decline. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Give this lady some respect. They were professional dancers. Professional exotic dancers. That's right. I ain't prof- professional exotic dancers. I'm going to accept just because, you know, e- we talk about, you know, ESPN, like you said, the caption, the caption that you put up was the best. ESPN can't handle the truth, right? How you going to fire? And I get it. I get it. But Paul Pierce, it's not like he's just a, a random reporter that works for ESPN. Now, if Sal Palantonio was out here <laughs> doing this mess, yeah, they they, they part and wave with Sal. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but <laughs> but yeah, we talk about we talk about Paul Pierce. You're talking about a man that's won multiple championships, right? He's been he's been solid for ESPN. He's been professional. Let this man go take a vacation. Let him get away. Oh, this man, great. <laughs> let let him go get away. Let him take a vacation and enjoy himself. Now, do I think he was wrong? for going ahead and doing this on IG Live, absolutely. I don't think you should be out here, you know, if if you hold a position, you know, doing as a reporter and whatnot, um, you shouldn't be out here, you know, videotaping these these uh, exotic dancers, shaking they shaking their ass and whatnot. And uh, we, in the background, been, but Greg, we, yo, turkeys. We've been huh? to turkeys. Then where? We've been to turkeys. Turkeys. <laughs> You don't remember it? So he asked the chick where she's from. He said, she said, Turkey. Paul Pierce had yeah. been in turkeys. Yeah. <laughs> she was confused as hell, too. Yo. I'll say this. I don't think it's right, but um, he should take a, a page out of Stephen A. book. Stephen A. always says this. Y'all work for ESPN, but ESPN is under Disney. Disney owns ESPN. So being that fact, you're not allowed. You could go maybe work for uh, Fox, go try to get a you know a little gig on Undisputed or something like that. Get your own show. ESPN, you're not doing that and keeping your job. I already knew. As soon as it came out and he ain't had that for his private friends, oh, this joker job was gone. 
already knew that from the rip, but he seemed cool about it. He said everything is good. He's smiling and all that. On his, Cause he made his money. He made guess his who, money. Guess who else is smiling? Everybody who loves basketball because he was horrible at his job. He sucked. It's the best thing that happened. He's horrible. He was going there and say dumbs up. He said he was better than D Wade. Y'all remember that? You remember when Jalen Rose cross-examined him and Michelle Beatles in the back talking, <laughs> talking crazy? No, that was that was my favorite. And I'll miss him for those moments. I'll miss I'll miss him for those moments. But for someone who calls himself the truth, he sure as hell capped a lot on, on ESPN. Well, I'm, <laughs> sure, I'm sure that he's gone. I'm happy he's gone. Transition. Next topic. We just mentioned the Pelicans. Lonzo Ball was supposed to be traded. It didn't happen. It didn't go out. He was supposed to be traded for a failed pick for Kelly Oubre and a draft pick. And also on the Pelicans staying in that same light. JJ Reddit, you know, came out complaining about David Griffin saying that he did not keep his word. And according to him, David Griffin promised that he would trade him closer to his family, AKA Brooklyn Nets or the Philadelphia 76ers. Takeaways from what's going on with the Pelicans organization in the front office and is JJ Reddick right for having you know a gripe about supposedly being promised this? Yeah, I'm gonna start by saying this: JJ Reddick can't complain about nothing. He he has he's been in the league way too long. He hasn't been shooting well this year. That's like his main shooting under forty percent from three point. Why would I trade you to Brooklyn? Who's to say that Brooklyn wanted him? Brooklyn has enough shooters. Philly has enough shoot. Who's to say that these teams even wanted you? But y'all go ahead. I'm going to say from this perspective, I know that production matters. I know that these guys, these organizations can do whatever they want. It's a business. We can do all that. We can talk about all the tra- traditional reasons why he shouldn't feel hurt. This is a player's league, man. Like, this is a player's league. Like, it, it now, more than ever, catering to players' needs when these guys talk to each other and connect with each other. This is how the Nets got good. The Nets, when the Nets were bad, they took care of players. That's what they were doing. Like, they took care of guys. Like, Jar- Jared Dudley had no business being treated like a treated like a first class citizen with in Brooklyn, but that's what he was, but that's what he was. And and on multiple podcasts I listened to, and I I was yo I was talking about this, and dudes just laughing in my face, and it's so it's so sweet now that we are where we are. But it's because of this, like you take care of these guys, even when they don't play that great, even when it's not. It, it, of course, you're gonna do what's in the best interest of your franchise, sure, sure. But like you tr- you do your best to honor promises to these players because at the end of the day. The players run the league and it's always going to come back and it's always, the shoe is always going to be on the, other, on the other foot. It's always going to reverse itself. So Zion or Zoe, if they want to keep Zoe in line, which it looks like they may want to, the way he's playing, you may remember that. Like these guys, the, 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 these teams don't have, don't have, they don't have any loyalty to these players. And it comes back to bite them all the time when these players leave and jump ship and go to other places. But then the fan base is all torn up and stuff like that. But you don't remember these little things. It's the little things in life. Like but do you think things. anybody wanted him though? Like I could promise you, I could promise you, hey, well, right. they him out. I'm gonna send you the first take. And first take, like, nah, bro, I don't want you. Then it's not my fault. You That's think though. Brooklyn Nets, as a Brooklyn Nets, you on the Brooklyn Nets. Y'all think y'all needed JJ Reddit? I think that's what have taken him. They was tied to him. And I think if they was if he was a buyout can if he got bought out, then he would have been on the net. Exactly. Bought out. Bought out. Trading yeah. one. Are y'all trading for JJ Reddick? No. Look, you, you could say that the Pelicans didn't do wrong because they went and got an asset or something in return for JJ Reddick, something they can get. I understand that. That's fine. But if you're gonna but if you're gonna promise a guy something, if you're gonna promise a guy something and it's not conditional, you don't say, Well, we can't trade you, we can't get you here, then look, we're gonna we're just gonna do what we're gonna do. 
And now maybe that's, maybe that's what happened and we don't know. Maybe they did that. But for all we know, for, for what we know right now, that's not what happened. And these teams do guys dirty all the time. We've seen it. Like, we know this. So, I mean, look, I get it. Like, on the surface, it looks like a minor thing. But I think it's a big deal when you cross players. And agents remember, because guess what? J.J. Reddick agent, my, he might have a big player on his books. How do we know he's not the agent of Jason Tatum or something like that? We don't know what agency he's signed to. These guys, it's all connected. And agents don't forget these things. And agents have a major influence. Rich Paul's the most powerful guy in basketball right now. Do not cross Ben McLemore. He's nobody, right? He just got signed by the Lakers. I promise you, he got done dirty. He also has a he has Zoe. He has Darius Garland. He has he has he has AD, right? Like, yo, it's gonna come back to bite you one way or another. I'm just saying, man. Like, they you think about it from a big picture view. It's not just about the little move here for the Pelicans. It doesn't matter, but it's about the big picture stuff. I don't think it hurts them in regards to David Griffin, and he has a a good track record. So I don't think it hurts them. And again, in my opinion. Outside looking, and we don't know what really happened, promises or whatever. I don't think nobody wanted J.J. Reddick where he wanted to go. If his two teams was Philly and Brooklyn, in regards of trading, nobody giving up assets to get J.J. Reddick. Not at this point in his career. Heck no. So in that point, kudos to him because he has a platform to do so. I, I don't think it's going to affect them as much. I think they – you might have some questions about it, but I think they did right, bro. Nobody wanted to trade those two teams. I wouldn't trade for J.J. Redick and giving up assets. And then on the flip side, Pelicans, I need an asset back or something. So I'm going to get back James Johnson, who plays defense and who's actually been playing well since he's been in New Orleans, and a draft pick. And J.J. Redick been in the league for 45 years. Come on, bro. You know the vibes. You know what it is. I kind of too think this this is kind of the problem with the NBA is players. There's too much demanding where you want to go. Like pe- people can't just stay in one spot anymore and be happy that they're in the league and they're getting the chance to play the game that they love. Like every time you look and you and you hear about, and I agree with you, Greg. I agree, I agree with you. The the NBA does, and we see it across you know different organizations. There's there's no loyalty. It's a business, which I understand too. But at the same time, like to Antonio's point. If you're J.J. Redick and you've been in the league this long, right, and you've had a successful career and, and this is actually, you know, one of your down years where you're not shooting the best and whatnot, you you have no business demanding where, where you want to go. You can't say, I want to go to Brooklyn. I want to go, you know, but I get it. You want to be close to your family. But, like, I'm sure there's a lot of people in the NBA that are in places that they don't want to be in. You know, they'd rather be a part of the Lakers or they want to be in, you know, Brooklyn or something like that. But, like, Again, like you just got to be happy that you're that you're in the league. Like if you if you're that unhappy, you know, don't play. Sit sit out a year. But he he's not in a position to do that or something like that. So I I don't know, man. Plus, it's, like you said, you might want to be close to your family. He's been in the league again for forty seven years. Your fam know the vibes too. Yeah. Ain't nobody signed up for. You not going. Daddy not going to always be home. It's straight right. like that. You already noticed this is not daddy first year in the league. Come on now. The crazy thing is too, it, what's funny about this is like, it's not like he asking like, oh, I want to be close to my family, so I'll go to the Knicks. Nah, he asking to be a part of the the two top teams in the Eastern Conference. Like, they don't need you, bro. Okay, but if you're asking where you want to go. That- Okay, but if you're asking where you want to go, why the hell would you ask to go to the Knicks? Or go to because his his reason is I want to be closer to my family. If yeah, reason, and, and go win. To, go to and the Knicks. Win. But that's nah, a good no, 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 no. You can't have both. You can't have both. 
yo, if you take the picture as it was solely the family perspective. Right. And if you want to, you have to be good enough to get that. We know, we know, Greg. It's really to win and of course it is. It's the winning picture. Then say that. Then say that. Painted the picture. Oh, man, you know, I just don't don't put it on. Don't put it on. I want to be next to my kids and my family. No, listen, bro. I'll send you straight to New York. I'm a exactly. I want to. I want to read to little Susie before she go to bed. No, <laughs> you trying to get that ring. You trying to get that ring. You trying to be Yo. with Brooklyn or right. get that ring to get your best chance. That's what it really was. That's bro, what it is. is. I'm gonna tell y'all what I told you guys when J- the whole James Harden thing was happening. I know it's a very different situation. The players were in the NBA. Very different in the NBA. And the players. Only, the only thing that's same in this is they both have the they. Name starts with J. That's the yes, one. You know. Yes, but like the players talk, bro, and you want to be looked at as a, you you want to be looked at as an organization that does right by everybody because it's just it's just better when you're trying to attract free agents. It's hard enough to attract free agents to New Orleans to begin with. Ain't nobody care about no gumbo. No one's coming down there for your food, bro. It's it's not a big market. It's a t- it's a depressed market. No one wants to go there. No one goes there in free agency. All right. So like I'm just saying. When you start having a rap, when when JJ Reddick start going out there, he's a popular player on the league. He start telling guys you did, he, you guys did him dirty. The front office did him dirty. That's going to affect you long term. I'm telling you, it was already hard enough as it was. David Griffin's job wasn't easy to begin with. You got to keep Zion there. Zion, a nice kid. Zion, nice to that to that. Be- Zion's gonna be nice till year four when his when his when his free agency time. Just wait. He gonna he gonna get out of there. Just wait. Yeah. I'm calling cap on it though. I think JJ Reddick just mad. I'm calling cap on it. Miles over there being cute, not saying nothing. You got any takes on this J.J. Reddick situation? I mean, like you said, he doesn't really have a say of where he – he doesn't have clout like that to just be demanding, oh, can you send me to Brooklyn, like, now? That's not, that's not his, his repertoire that he, he has. Like, he, he's not calling shots. So that's why it was funny him talking about it on his podcast. But, I mean, he has that platform to do so. But – I mean, yeah, this will rub people the wrong way when they, they look at the Pelicans and free agency. I mean, like Greg said, they people talk around the league. David Griffin's going to be there for a while, or at least until they lose more than they are right now. But like, like you said, the main thing is trying to keep those guys, Zion, Brandon Ingram, keeping them there to try to maybe attract somebody because – they weren't able to attract anybody when Anthony Davis was there. So it's like, is it that much different now than it was at that point? Because this team hasn't made the playoffs at all. Like they were making the playoffs basically every year with Anthony Davis as an eight seed. But I mean, that's still making the playoffs and still trying to compete. Like Anthony Davis is probably one of the best players to ever play for that organization. And he didn't want anything to do with it after a while. So it's like, you can't alienate these players around the league or else you're just going to be a wasteland for overpriced free agency people and nobody's going to want to play for you. I don't, I don't see it. I don't see it happening over there. Going on the, the Lonzo aspect also with that, I think in regards to the fact of the J.J. Reddick situation, how they've handled Lonzo and what he's done, how they've used him. I can see in the next four or five years, 
they might just be left with B.I. and Josh Hart, honestly. If I'm Lonzo, I'm out regardless because the fact that y'all even put me in trade conversation, like I haven't been doing what I'm supposed to do. And me personally, I think that would have been a terrible trade and it would have been kind of like we don't value Kelly Oubre. That's what y'all, that's what y'all see that y'all need for y'all team. Kelly Oubre. Yeah, y'all was gonna trade Lonzo Ball for Kelly Uber and give them a pick. Because Kelly Uber is worth a pick and Lonzo Ball. I think it was a bigger deal. We just don't know all the details. But regardless, that if that's the return, it can't be the only thing we're gonna get back. But yo, I, I told you that's what I'm saying. It's a flip end to this. Lonzo's not gonna be loyal to them. Lonzo getting up out of there. It's just doesn't matter of time. Doesn't matter of time. It's the ticking time bump. And he's gonna have he's making 20 mil a year. Oh yeah. We, he's we free agent this summer, right? Uh, yeah. Well, I think it's restricted. I think they can match if they want to match the deal, but I think a team's going to blow them out of the water with a good I hope so. I hope somebody give them an offer of $25 million a year. And Pelican, like, that. nah, I don't want to sign back. And like I said, I think just because it's the Pelicans and you feel me, this whole situation, J.J. Reddick, David Griffin, the organization, nobody wants to come play there, especially after AD left. And while AD was there, nobody wanted to come. I can really see them not having anybody there in the next four or five years. Yeah. I, Lonzo, I think, is definitely gone. Zion's not – he's not the talk of the person, but trust and believe he's watching how they do it, Lonzo. And I don't know how much stock he takes in what J.J. Reddick said, but J.J. Reddick's situation, I can see B.I. B.I.'s came out and said how much and how important Lonzo is. They do him dirty. B.I. might be out. And then you think you think for one second Zion is gonna just stay there and be by himself? Y'all drunk. Y'all drunk. Next five years, Pelicans are gonna be at the bottom of the league again, drafting LeBron James son, probably. <laughs> Mikey Williams. Mikey, Mikey Williams was number two overall pick. So that's where they'll be. One of the things that did happen also, Drew Holiday got the big bag. Four-year, $160 million extension. Was this the right signing for Milwaukee? This big bag busting out the Bentley Van Tega. Shout out Cardi B. Cardi! My man Drew Holiday got pizzaids, all right? And, and the one thing I'll say about this, yes, I think he was a little overpaid. Great defensive player, but I will say this. I'm never going to – and we talk about it. I'm never going to knock a black man getting paid. I'm just not going to do it. Never going to knock a black man getting paid. Go ahead and get your money. If you think Milwaukee's home and, and you, you know, he, he was out there saying like, hey, man, you know, I'm never one to, to be courted and whatnot. But like you have a really good feeling when an organization feels good about you and you can tell like it's genuine and they want you here for, for years to come. And, and that's how he felt about them. So, uh, yeah, I haven't watched Drew Holiday much. I'll, I'll be honest. But, uh, you know, from what I've seen, he, he's, he's a great defensive player. You know, he plays his role and he's able to, uh, you know, only 6'3 and still able to switch on matchups and whatnot and hold his own. Um, but $160 million, that's Dan, I think he's getting paid $30 million this year, $32 million next year, and it just goes up from that. I think it's 33 in, in year three. Um, you better be bringing Milwaukee a championship. We talked about it with uh, Russell Westbrook. If you're getting paid that much money, there's got to be a championship tied to it at some point. That's exactly where I want to go next. 
do y'all think this is enough? This is their version of a big three. They got Drew, Chris Middleton, and Giannis locked up for the next three years, possibly a fourth year with Chris Middleton on that option. Is this going to be enough for Milwaukee? Not right now. I mean, it's not enough to go against Brooklyn or Philly, but it's enough to be decent and be in that top three, top four in the East. But I don't think this pushes the needle enough for them to make any headway in this league right right now. But like Giannis, Middleton, and Holiday, that's a solid three. But when you're going up against teams that have Harden, Durant, and Kyrie, it's like that that big three stands no chance against the Nets. Or So it's like they had to pay him because they gave up draft capital for him as a like kind of last-ditch effort to build around Giannis. But it, it's not going to do anything. Like they're not going to win a championship. Giannis can't shoot. He's – he is what he is right now, and what he is is not enough in the playoffs. So when playoff time comes around, I mean, Drew Holiday, he'll do his thing, but, I mean, there's limitations on this team. So I don't see them doing much or making much noise in, in the playoffs. I think this is where it's concerning, though. They had to lock them up for all the reasons you mentioned. But Kyrie, KD – Harden are also locked up for the next three, four years. So if anything, I think it just puts them at number two. They'll always be in that conversation between two and three. I think they have a great defensive team. They might honestly be the best threat to Brooklyn because of their defense and how they play that team defense aspect. And you add PJ Tucker to that mix. But I don't... I can't see a championship coming. And that's what the whole main goal is with having a Giannis, a star like that. I think great signing though. Drew Holiday, Drew Holiday deserves it. I think he deserves every penny. So mm-hmm. underrated. Mm-hmm. He can guard one through five. He's basically your part closer with Chris Middleton. He's going to play closer because Giannis isn't your closer, which takes that off of his shoulders. And Giannis can just go crazy and not have to worry about that so I think he deserves every penny of it but in the long run like I said that Brooklyn tandem is also locked up for the next three four years so I think everybody in the east is just jacked up you ain't doing nothing but would you feel better about the Bucks if they had traded for Chris Paul instead yeah 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 he was out there for the taking and they they didn't make a move. And now the Suns are what? Second in the West, which is a tougher conference. So I'm going to try to. They, but Chris yeah. Paul had his pick. Chris Paul had his choice. He got to choose where he was going to go. Okay. That's that's what happened. And why not go? Why go to why go to Milwaukee when you can go to Phoenix and play with D Book? Yeah. It's, not, it's, not it's not even a choice. And D Book, D Book just better than Oh, my bad. I'm about to say D Book better than Giannis. I guess I, y'all not ready for that yet. So we'll lead up for next time. Oh, here we go. <laughs> I'm ready for that. Speaking yet. of those, speaking of so. Perfect transition, right? What is the difference between superstar and star? Get at superstar, star, and good player. Break it down to me what the difference is when it comes to the league. Superstar, star, and just a good player. Because some would say Devin Booker would fall under that category as a good player. 
Some will put Giannis in the category of superstar. Some will put him obviously in Greg's mind. He's as a star. So the, Greg, tell me what the difference is then. If you're putting Giannis just as a star. Giannis is a star. My rating, my, my superstar criteria is very tough. I, I, I told you guys how I felt about Steph Curry earlier this year. I said a superstar is the number one option on a championship level on a team. You know, forget the championship level piece of it, but a, a number one option on a team that they are clearly impacting winning on and they're getting them to, they're, they're, they're bringing them to a different level. Like they're the reason why they're on that level, right? They're the reason why they're the main piece. So LeBron is the, LeBron's a gold standard. No one's ever been better at it in NBA history than LeBron James. They're being a superstar. When you, James Harden is a superstar. James Harden affects winning. You can say whatever you want about him. He affects winning. Even in those Houston days, he clearly affected winning. When he leaves, the whole thing falls apart. That's what I mean, right? Like a guy who you can't operate, with, operate without. Chris Paul, superstar. Guy, when he steps on there, your whole culture team changes. It's more than scoring the ball. It's more than being a good passer. It's more than that. Being able to score, pass, defend. It's, it's being able to affect the game in more ways than just one and completely turn, turn your team's fortunes around. That's a superstar. So by those standards, Carmelo Anthony was never a superstar. Never was. Because he never did that. That he wasn't the he was not the sole reason why those Denver Nuggets teams were great. That Chauncey Bills is just as vital. It's actually crazy. Like the, the reason why Carmelo gets that love, and he should, is he's one of the greatest scorers ever. That don't make you a superstar, though. Devin Booker's not a superstar, he's a star. Giannis is not a superstar, he's a star level player. I think that's the thing that you pull yourself into believing that he is a superstar. You put yourself in a situation the Bucks are in. The Bucks have to pay him. You're not, you know, they're not a destination. So you, you got to keep your star. I understand that, but he's not. I, I don't think he single-handedly flips your team's fortunes. He makes a big difference, but in the playoffs too, this is the other piece of it. Can you win the playoffs? Can you get your teams winning the playoffs? Superstars do that. Superstars do that. This criteria is crazy. Kobe's a superstar, right? Like we gonna go back. Kobe's a superstar because he was able to affect winning. He learned how to win, and he's able to learn how to affect winning. He got, he got really smart and good at it. So it's one letter to win. Huh? Kawhi Leonard? That's a great question. Um, Kawhi. Kawhi. Kawhi on the fence for me, bro. Um, I know people aren't going to like this. Uh, people are going to say he's, he's a superstar. Uh, Miles looking like I, Miles looking like he might get, get a stroke over there. Um, I, I don't know. For real. I don't know. Um, I told you how I feel about Kawhi already. The case for him is – I told you I think he's a little overrated. He played for the Spurs. He played with TD. He played with T Tony Parker. Um, he was in a perfect ecosystem. He went to the, to the Raptors. Another perfect ecosystem. He's never had to do the work that a guy like Bron has to do. Well, look at Steph Curry this year. What's happening? What's happening in Golden State? Hey, man, listen. If Bron was Steph Curry's age right now and he's on that Warriors team, they're going to the playoffs and they're winning a series or two. LeBron is the gold standard for superstars, bro. Like, that's 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 my that's my criteria. LeBron's the criteria. And it's and Chris, and don't tell me that LeBron's LeBron in the comments when they see this, because Chris Paul has the same effect on teams. Chris Paul goes to your team, you start winning. And Chris Paul don't got to drop 30 points a night. See, that's my thing. Like, that's my thing. Basketball is such a nuanced sport, bro. Like, winning plays are so subtle and, and, so, and they're so subtle. You don't have to be shooting flashy. You don't have to be dropping dudes. Kyrie's not a superstar. Kyrie's not a superstar by my standards. And that's big coming from you. Huh? Would you put Luca in that conversation? Not yet, but Luca has all the makings of a superstar. But Luca's defense is so bad that he's not in the conversation yet for me. He's not a superstar yet. Um, Melo has all the makings of a superstar. He has to buy in defensively more, but not yet. 
But you see what I'm saying? Like, can you? It's the subtle things. It's not about having triple doubles. That's why Russell Westbrook has never been a superstar. I don't care you won MVP. He's never been one. It's not about your numbers. It's the subtle things you do to affect winning. It's the it's the diving on a loose ball. It's the it's the doing things that it's it's being the star, the superstar, the, the best player on your team, but doing things that the eleventh man would do. Because that's what Bron does. Bron take charges. You don't have to take charges. Like D makes winning plays. You just watch the game close enough, and that's what I'm saying. So. Affecting winning is ultimately the biggest determinant, the de- determining factor of what makes a superstar a superstar. But yeah, like you see, I don't think I don't think Kawhi or Paul George are superstars. That's why I think the Clippers are overrated. Yeah. That's a great take. <laughs> yeah, I agree, I agree with everything. I, I I feel very similar. I think that was all spot on. Like I, I, Paul George was was gonna say, yeah, he's a star during the regular season, but obviously not a superstar if he can't come up big in the clutch and in, in the playoffs. But we we've been talking about that. But nah, man, that's that's. I feel like you just spit facts. <laughs> I, I be thinking about this all the time. I've been arguing with dudes about this for years, years, and people look at it like I'm crazy, bro. Kawhi is not a superstar. Steph Curry is incredible. I don't think he's a superstar. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Steph. I don't think he's a superstar. And they go look at me like I'm crazy, bro. They go look at me like I'm crazy. Yeah, you know, hey, Dave has a better superstar case than, than, than Steph does to me. No cap. Would you put Dame as a superstar right now? Yes. Miles, superstar, star, good player. Superstar, star, good player. I mean, a superstar obviously has to be, they're probably your best player. They got to affect winning. Like, wherever they go, that team has to at least do something. They have to make some noise. So, like you said, Devin Booker, before Chris Paul got there, didn't really affect winning. So, I mean, he's a really good player, but he's not a superstar just yet. Not until he starts doing those those little things that help. help. I mean, he did it for an eight-game stretch in the bubble. Take that back. But in the bubble, though. But it's tough. It's a tough criteria to meet because I don't. I feel like there's not that many superstars in the league, period, though. There's a handful of superstars – in the league like there's stars like i'm trying to think jimmy butler jimmy butler is an interesting 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 conversation jimmy butler is a winner yo he's a winner and and i i i look at him i I have my high regard jimmy is a star because jimmy will never in my opinion can never be the number one on your team and you're gonna win a championship Jimmy is that number two guy. If Bron didn't exist, he would have won one last year. Bro. Yes, yes. And if Jimmy, there, you think Jimmy's the one, Jimmy's Jimmy, special. Number one. Jimmy, if in a league, in a league where Bron not uh, not that not that man. No, see, Bron's there. Bron's there. <laughs> Answer the question: Can Jimmy Butler be a number one on a championship team? I, I'll tell you this right now: I rather have Jimmy or as my number one over guys like uh, over Giannis. That's given. I'm, no, it's no, not I, a, no, wait, wait, wait. It's not a given. These dudes, yo, they're going to be in the comments talking yo, crazy. These, these I'm dudes, not talking about them. I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about everyone here. We all, we all would take Jimmy over Giannis. That, that's guaranteed. I'm asking Miles, right? You think Jimmy could be a number one on a championship team? I mean, there's all, all types of factors that come into play there. Like, if he doesn't have the right pieces around him, then what? There's only one guy in the league that can really carry a team with no names, and that's LeBron James. Anybody else, they're not doing it. So 
Is my criteria too tough? Huh? Is my criteria too tough? No, I don't think so. No. I don't so think is Steph Curry superstar? By, by your standards, what all you guys on here? Is Steph Curry superstar based on what you guys have seen this year and all the other years where he's not had the, a stacked deck? But when did he have a stacked deck, though? Only when KD was there. I mean, oh, they won 72 games without KD, my boy. Yeah. We forget. They had, they had, they had Clay. They had Sean Livingston. They had, and, and, and look, the bench was loaded. Let's forget the yeah, bench. Yeah. They had Clay, Draymond, and they, uh, they had Harrison Barnes, who was, who was, who was a very good player for them too. Oh. Now, putting him and Clay on the same team isn't fair, bro. Two dabs, two shooters that great on the same team. Yo, the, the cards were – he won 73 games. He was a big part of the reason why he won, they won 73 games. Steph deserves credit, and that's why he got into – that's what launched him into superstar status. My thing was, where, you know where, where the chink in the armor was for me? When Draymond was gone, what happened? Draymond, the dude that affects Wayne the most on that team, is more than Steph. More than Steph. The people want to talk trash about Draymond, he is so valuable. And now is Draymond a superstar? No. No, because there's more to it than just – affecting winning the, by doing the little things you got you got to be able to put the be able to close games it's a mixture of all those things but you got to have it all you can't you can't be missing a piece of it you got to have it all kobe did the little things out there they, people talk about kobe did the little things out there kobe played d kobe knew tendencies kobe was a, a maniacal guy about the game he knew every last detail that's what made him a superstar that was it kobe's work ethic made him a superstar he worked his way into that conversation but Brad Bill, not a superstar, just a good scorer. Carmelo Anthony, not a superstar, just a good, just just a good, just a very great scorer. He's just great. Hey, yo, to be a superstar, this is a life lesson, bro. It's very, it's very few dudes that are elite out here at anything. Most people out here are mediocre. That's just the reality of the world. That's the way the world works. That's why the best of the best get paid the way they do, right? So you talk about superstar, I just think that the criteria gotta be bad high. It's got the bar gotta be high, and the bar's LeBron. Because no one's ever done it better in NBA history than LeBron James. I want to end the show off with this one. Nah, Mom, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Because <laughs> no, I'm like, damn, if the bar's LeBron, how the hell is anybody going to ever? Yeah, so I'm saying, point? so I'm saying, am I setting the bar too high? Well, if you're doing that, then maybe. Yeah. So what's your bar? So what's your criteria then? Yo, you see, it's crazy. I'm up against time. What's your criteria then? <laughs> I mean, like you said, they have to affect winning. They've got to. Be clutch in crunch time, because if you're not coming up clutch, then most likely you're you're not that guy. Like Jimmy, I I don't want to make it a hot take, but I feel like Jimmy's Jimmy's superstar, bro. On the verge of that. Jimmy superstar, bro. (laughs) Jimmy check all the boxes, and bro, Jimmy check all the boxes. By the way, your criteria is the same as mine. I hear no difference. Yo, let's just be describing LeBron. Let's keep it. I'm not Sorry, I'm not. I'm not putting Jimmy as my number one on a. Uh, nah, I'm not doing it. Jimmy's a star. He's a closer. He's a he's a dog. He's not a superstar though. I'm not putting him in the conversation. Remember, the superstar is a handful. I'm not putting him in that conversation with KD, Bron. I'm not. Nah, I cannot put him in that conversation. Well, oh, year one, year one, he takes Miami to the finals. After, bro, bro. man, bro. no, no, that's one year, one year in the bubble too. One year in the bubble, they were on, they were on that trajectory already before. One that. year, <laughs> one year, one year. We talking about LeBron, KD? They done this consistently year and year and year and year. Jimmy's a star. 
I agree he's on that borderline, but he's a star. He's not a superstar. He's not the number one. Just like I don't think y'all could give me your opinion on I don't think Donovan Mitchell is a number one on a championship. No, no, it ain't even a conversation. Who's talking about that? No. He's not efficient enough. He's not no. efficient enough. No, he's no. going to get 26 on 26 shots. No. I love I love him, but no. He's very good. No. Rudy Gobert might be the best player on 18. No, nah, chill, chill. Yeah, he's wild. <laughs> he's wild. He's to show with the hot take. No, no, he's wild. He's the same. He's the same in regards of Draymond Green to the Warriors. Nah, nah, nah. Because look, I'm not saying that Draymond Green is the best player in the Warriors. Obviously, Steph Curry is the best player in the Warriors. No, no, no. I'm saying. You know what I'm saying? Are you saying there? You saying he's? You saying Rudy Gobert is more important to their whole their whole operation? Without him, it all falls apart. You think? You think if they I lost? Think you think if they lost Rudy Gobert, it'd be a bigger loss than if they lost uh, Donovan Mitchell? That's what you're saying. And on some level, I can understand that. I just think that Don's their closer. He's very important to them. Rudy Gobert is a very is a is a very impactful player with his defense. That's that's a, that's it. That's it. Um, and offensively, he catches a lot. He cuts some lobs, like right. But um, nah, he's not he's not in that conversation yet. Those guys, yo, those guys at that age never are. You know who was Ron? Ron at, at, at Don's age when Ron was twenty three. When yo, when Ron was twenty one, dude was already a superstar. Hey, man. It's, it's no one's ever done it better. And that's why he's my he's my gold standard, bro. Not Michael J- Jordan. It's him. So, so I, and, and I'm just, I'm keeping it a thousand with you because until Scotty and them dudes get there, well, we, we, we wasn't talking about that. He was just, he was another guy dropping 63 with some nice sneakers on. It was cool. Like you dropping points, you getting points. That's cool. That's great. Were you winning games? Were you winning games? Because Brian did it with Eric Snow, with Donnell Marshall. That's, they were that's solid. What with. Huh? Solid. Who? They were solid. I'm saying. Miles, don't do that. We don't got time for that. <laughs> like, you know, so you know what it is. Like, that's the point. That's the point. Like, if 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 we're talking about superstar, yo, Brian's the gold standard, bro. And, and if you can't, if you can't come close to it, and I don't think Kawhi has really come close to it. I really don't. Kawhi gonna be people are gonna be mad about me saying Kawhi not a superstar. And Steph Curry now superstar, but yo, just look at it, man. Just look, just look at the situation. Because Kawhi by himself, not winning. I don't think he's winning you a series by himself. No cap, he's just not a playoff series. LeBron's a gold standard. It's only a handful of stars in this league, man. Um, I think superstar is kind of just thrown around too loosely. It It is. I think calling players great also is just thrown around. Too least, too loosely. We are definitely going to talk about though on the next episode. Maybe we'll hop on live tomorrow. We'll talk about the yeah, debated list of the under twenty five players, under twenty five age wise players. It's a lot of a, uh, a lot of pushback on that list. Mm. But y'all yeah, know the vibes. If you stay ready, you don't got to get ready. Bench mob. We out. Peace. Peace.